0: schadenfreude everybody must have screamed ah he's a sung hero a little pushy pushy are you back from listening to stairway to heaven twice now those are just words i looked up on the internet unreasonable doubt a podcast about west virginia university basketball starts now Sorry. Right, what what do we call that game they're in the losers bracket right but it's not like a a seventh place game or a third it's definitely not a third place game because you gotta it's in the semifinal realm but the semifinal if if you win the semifinal typically you go to the final and there's West Virginia can't go to the final because you know they they lost the first game what yeah I know <laughs> I know that Google exists I can look it up I'm seeing if you know what it is. All right, espn calls it consolation semi-final consolation or constellation i don't i don't know i bet you can see lots of stars in in portland uh, that doesn't make any sense so constellation, we're calling it the consolation the field night legacy consolation semi-final that's what it is that's what the internet says great and now Okay, so then they'll play – their next game will be the, the fifth-place game. Gotcha. But there's – how many teams are, are in Portland? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I could look that up too. All right, here we go. Hello from the studio in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Josh Witt. This is Episode 6, Portland State – Field night legacy consolation semifinal. That's a lot. West Virginia was a lot tonight. I, they were way better again. Now Portland State did not have a giant. No, check the court at all times. Did not see a seven foot four guy that was good at basketball. So that helps. That helps the cause. It's nice to play the next game. It's good to know that not every game has a seven foot four guy waiting on you. So WVU wins by 18. I told you at the end of the last episode that Portland State likes to foul. Once again, West Virginia (laughs) said, all right, I thought Portland State was going to get the better of this and foul more. No, no, no. Well, let's just say both teams really fouled a ton. 54 combined fouls. Two Vikings fouled out. West Virginia did a good job of spreading their fouls out. 66 free throws taken. Portland State shot 38 of those 66. So, absolutely, especially in the second half, no flow predicting the possession is going to end in a foul. Like you could just call it, oh, that guy's still dribbling. He's going to get fouled. You know what I mean? But no Giants to speak of. So aggressive Emmett. He came out tonight. Awesome to see Trey Mitchell. Was solid as bad as he was on both ends of the floor against Purdue. Very solid on both ends of the floor against Portland State. Arm sleeve E-Steve. He was solid. we got to stop seeing Eric Stevenson roll around in pain. Just like we started the season with a technical foul each game, now we've started the streak of Eric Stevenson rolling on the floor in obvious distress. I don't like that streak. Let's change that up. Kedrian Johnson, solid. And Seth Wilson, I see what you're doing. Seth Wilson in the second half on possessions that didn't end in a foul. The ball was finding him in step-in three situations, and he was, he was making wide-open threes. Shout-out to that guy. So with, we're six games – can you believe it? Already six games in to the 2022-2023 season. So let's play a little game called Are We Sure. It's very straightforward. I don't have to explain the are we sure game. Let's start. Are we sure this season's team is better at rebounding than last year's team? Listen, you look at the box score tonight. Wagi, Bell, Okonkwo are three big guys combined for eight total rebounds. Eight. Now, West Virginia made a lot of shots, but only eight rebounds. WVU gave up 13 offensive rebounds tonight. There were no giants established. A 6-4 guy for Portland State had four offensive rebounds against a Bob Huggins team that I know Bob Huggins was to pride himself on rebounding and starting to have a bit of a pattern. I haven't talked it on the po- talked about it on the podcast, but after dominating Mount St. Mary's on the boards in the first game, The next five games, West Virginia is either broken even, like the rebounding battle was a draw, or they've lost the rebounding battle in every game since. So let's compare this season to last season. It's not the same opponents, totally different scenario, but this is what I have to go by. The first six games this season, WVU is plus six overall in total rebounds. I mean, they crushed Mount St. Mary's on the boards, so that helps. The first six games last season, WVU was minus 16, okay? So not apples to apples, but just that sample size, you could say, based on that alone, the WVU is a little bit better at rebounding, but they've got to get better at defensive rebounding. The boxing out, and it's not like Portland State shot a bunch of threes and getting crazy ricochets. It's just a matter of getting a butt on a, on a body. How do I put this? They just got to box out better. And uh, Huggins is talking about it. You know they're working on it. This team, they haven't got a lot of reps together, lots of new guys, so maybe that can improve. But Huggins knows that they're, they're not good at rebounding right now. And so let's keep an eye on that because you get into conference play. It's not going to be a bunch of six, four guys for Portland state. There are a lot of tall players and WVU's got tall players. That's the weird part is that this team with a lot of six, seven and six, eight and six, nine should be at six ten should be better at defensive rebounding. They're doing fine getting offensive rebounds. They're just not boxing out. So, Let's keep an eye on that as we get closer to the Big 12 schedule. The NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns. Yes, the Lakers are not going to go 0-82. Yes, the Bucks are not going to go 82-0. But will Javon Carter stay in the starting lineup? Will Deuce McBride make it in the rotation for the Knicks? When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, new customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Place a same-game parlay and combine multiple bets, like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. The DraftKings Sportsbook app is easy to use. You can do your same-game parlay. Really easy. Gives you the odds. Definitely check it out. So download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Another are we sure. Are we sure this team is better at defense than last year's team? This was Portland State. Ken Pomeroy's computer has them in the 200s and yet there were a handful of possessions where Portland State just went to the rim unguarded, whether it was all 88 feet, is that how long it is, to go all the way down and get a bucket in transition or off a made basket to a guy just not picking up his dribble and getting to the rim and either getting up a shot or... Feeling the double team and leaving somebody wide open. We've got there was one possession where two guys went for the block, did not get it, left the guy wide open to get an easy bucket. And I know what you're saying. And we all know that Huggins is not happy with the defense, and he's talking about it. And early on, it's like, oh, no, they're fine. They're actually they're better this year at defense. But Josh, tonight they forced 24 turnovers. That that's good defense, right? How can defense be bad when they force so many turnovers, Josh? That's that's the character of, of <laughs> questioning what I what I'm saying, guy. And we here's what we know. That's Turnovers are great, and West Virginia is turning over teams, even in the loss they were turning over Purdue. But you get in the Big 12 play, and that dries up a little bit. Like, West Virginia, I feel like for the season, are going to be pretty good at the end of the year at turnover percentage on defense. But it's not going to be like this. They're not getting 20-plus turnovers. They just can't rely on that in conference play is what I'm saying. So let's compare. Let's look at some defensive metrics six games in this season compared to last season. In the first six games last season, WVU gave ob- gave up over 50% shooting three times. So half of the games, they gave up 50% shooting. This season, it's only happened once versus Purdue with a giant. Opponents averaged last season from two to so inside the three-point arc, what was the percentage last season after six games? 53%. This season after six games, 44%. Okay, so they're, they are a little better than last season of defense. But even in a convincing win tonight, you can see where there's still a ways to go. Not so much rotations tonight. It's just guys getting to the basket. Not stopping straight line drives. So got to keep an eye on that. And then the last, are we sure? Are we sure this team is a, quote, Bob Huggins team, unquote? Kind of the narrative early on this season is, oh, they got big guys. They got athletes. They're playing better defense. This this is a Bob Huggins team. And Eric Stevenson is snarling at people, and that's a Bob Huggins team. And, yeah, but on the offensive side, when when you see what they're doing in the first six games on offense, no, it's not perfect. But statistically, look, they lost Taz Sherman. They lost the the second-team All-Big 12 guy. They lost Sean McNeil. They lost Malik Curry. They lost Jalen Bridges. Where is the offense going to come from? This team is not struggling on offense six games in. Purdue withstanding. WVU has really done well getting easy buckets. Their transition game tonight was super solid. Creating points off of turnovers. Finding, you know, Eric Stevenson running to the corner to get the three. Alley-oops. It, it's just... We're in an oasis of alley oops, <laughs> and we are not in a desert of missing two footers. Six games in. I don't want to jinx anything, but none of these six games do you at the end of the game feel like, oh, they missed so many bunnies. Like it it just it's peaked his head every once in a while, but it's just not a trend that I'm seeing six games in. And you look at the stats, WVU with all of those transition points and all of those alley oops and so many dunks. I mean, shout out to Eric Stevenson in the Purdue game with that putback slam. Like, that's just not something we've seen a lot of in the last few years. And so this season, six games in, WVU is shooting 60. What is it? They're shooting 59% from two and go down the list. That's way better than any point last season for sure. And since Bob Huggins has been at WVU, they've only finished the season twice shooting better than 50% from two. And they started this season 59%. And so the number of dunks, that is not a WVU Bob Huggins team. Maybe a Cincinnati Bob Huggins team. Those teams like to dunk the basketball. But comparing last season to this season on offense, WVU averaged over 50% from the field in two of their first six games last season. This season, they've done it three times, including tonight. They shot 61%. That's for a Bob Huggins WVU team and basketball reference. They have game logs going back to the 2010-2011 season and scroll through all those game logs and find a time where WVU has shot over 60% for a game. And you're not going to find it. It just doesn't happen. And this team is made up of a bunch of guys that haven't played together. And they're six games in. Yes, the competition is, according to computers, not great. So that may have something to do with the offense. But even in a game where you're playing a strong defense in Purdue with a giant, it's not like they're shooting 30% from the field. They teams can go on a run against WVU, but it's not because of shooting that you know WVU will they're struggling with turnovers a little bit. But as far as shooting the ball, you're not getting brick by brick by brick six games yet so maybe this isn't a quote bob huggins team unquote in regards to this team's not relying on offensive rebounds for offense they are relying on turnovers a little bit but the offense is coming from and they're fine at offensive rebounding but the offense is coming from guys who are good at, at getting buckets and it's it's not relying on uh a couple of guys to score And that is refreshing. (laughs) But once again, you know, broken record, let's keep an eye on the offense because you get into the Big 12 and things grind to a halt, right? This defense, this is not a running gun league. This is a, hey, guard for 30 seconds. (laughs) Let's like this conference, they breathe 30 second shot clock violations. You know what I mean? Like it's the it's the fuel for this conference. So and you look at out of conference results, Iowa State beat North Carolina today. That one dude that went off on us last season, he went off on North Carolina, scored over 30 points. And North Carolina, who is who is really good at basketball, they only scored 65. Against an Iowa State team, is like they're picked bottom half of the conference. Texas held Gonzaga to seventy four. It's like, hey, West Virginia kills the go over seventy a game. Gonzaga lives in the in the nineties. In the in the they they get to hundred without breaking a sweat. And so to hold Gonzaga to seventy four, you're doing something. So you know this conference is is really good at defense. The transition buckets probably slow down a little bit because of the, how that's tied to turnovers. So let's keep an eye on it. Will We all agree WVU will come down to earth a little bit on these offensive numbers, but will it be a, a, light, a light feathery pillow landing back down to earth or will it be like a crash landing with a crater and smoke billowing out? I'm leaning the former, but we've got to see what happens. This episode of Unreasonable Doubt is sponsored by Freeman Sports Cards and Collectibles. What are you doing December 2nd through the 4th? Whatever you thought, don't say it out loud because I can't hear you. But definitely consider showing up at the Morgantown Mall sometime between December 2nd through the 4th. Or go every day, the 2nd, the 3rd, and the 4th to Morgantown Mall. Why? because Freeman sports cards and collectibles are going to be there and they're going to have sports cards to buy and they're going to have wrestling figures to buy, action figures to buy, comic books to buy you can bring your comic books and your sports cards maybe you bring it to them and they're like hey I'll buy that from you and then I'll sell it to somebody else go to the Morgantown Mall check out The Freemans Sports Cards and Collectibles card show, sports card show at the Morgantown Mall. If you want to call them, you got stuff, you want to sell them, give them a call, 304-416-3631. Freemans Sports Cards and Collectibles. Talked about Alley Oops earlier. The major recipient of Alley Oops has been Mo and shout out to Kedrian Johnson for the beautiful alley-oop deliveries. But Mo Wagi, when he dunks, he definitely likes to hang out up there. Like, literally, he likes to hang out. And there's some acrobatics going on, a little bit of – it's got a gymnastics flavor. I don't think it's for safety. I just think Mo likes to hang out up there. He likes to, he likes to do some monkey bar stuff. And – I imagine Mo Wagie would be really good based on how he dunks the basketball at going across the monkey bars. Then I start thinking, do they make monkey bars for Mo Wagie? Because he's he's not a giant. Zach Eadie's a giant. But he's a very tall dude. So the monkey bars I remember growing up, first of all, in 2022, has have, have monkey bars survived? Or is it more like uh, – what is it, Amer- like American Ninja Warrior? Where it's like uh, they're farther apart; it's not as easy to do. I don't know, but you'd have to be—you'd have to have ten-foot monkey bars, which would be on a <laughs> on a grade school playground. It's very dangerous. It screams lawsuit. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. It would either be very awesome, like M- Mo was loving the monkey bars growing up, if they were available where he grew up, or they were absolutely boring because he just stood there and had to duck under the monkey bars. It's, it, it can either go one of two ways for Mo <laughs> at the playground. So the next game for WVU is Sunday, 8.30 p.m., they step up from ESPN News to ESPNU, and the fifth place game, eight thirty Sunday night, WVU will play the Florida Gators. And Florida has had WV's number for quite a while. I remember one time back early Beeline, the WVU got Florida, but since Huggins has been there, I only remember tragedy with Florida. They've had our number. Now, good news, Florida has a new coach, and so there's no history there with Bob Huggins. With this guy, he previously coached at the University of San Francisco. But the guy he replaced, the last guy that got fired, Mike White, uh, he he was really good against Bob Huggins. So then they got what Florida would consider a better coach. So I don't know how that's going to fare, and uh, I don't know how this guy's going to do. But Florida does have not a giant, but a tall, skilled basketball player that has had success against against the Mountaineers, Castleton. He dominated in Morgantown, and Florida beat WVU in the Coliseum a couple of seasons ago. Uh, This season's Florida team, early on in the season, when you look at the stats, they don't turn the ball over. Very good at holding on to the ball. WVU, as we know, really good at forcing turnovers. So both teams will want to do what they do well, well, on Sunday night. And will it go one way? Will it go the other? Will they meet in the middle? Florida also has a lot of transfer portal guys surrounding Castleton. So this will be a good matchup. This is not a Portland State matchup. We're back. This is not... Again, no giant to speak of, but according to Kim Pomeroy's computer, Florida is on our block. They're in our neighborhood. So this will be a good third game, outmatched in the first game, handled your business in the second game, and against an evenly matched opponent, how's it going to go? We'll find out Sunday night. Did Did you get all the deals on Black Friday? That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms, or just pick one, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, there's stars on the screen. Hit the farthest right star, and then hit OK. And I think that's good for this podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt, WVU, for the 2022-2023 season. They have five wins, and they have one loss.